Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends, once again. Hope you enjoy this show. It's kind of podcasting 101, podcasting stuff going on in the industry. And the five Super Friends come to you from around the Northern Hemisphere. I will introduce them. Actually, I'll let them introduce themselves. Matt Kundal, you are the first in the Hollywood Squares on my screen. So could you please let us know who you are there? Matt Kundal, the sound off media company located in winnipeg canada where it is minus 30 celsius which comes out to like minus 10 fahrenheit or something (laughs) do not recommend we move uh south across the globe all the way down to johnny podcast johnny how are we who are you we're good i have johnny podcasts and reporting live from fort worth texas where we are getting our yearly three days of snow and the entire city gets you know, two or three days off of work, which is nice um, because no one here has ever invested in snow tires. <laughs> Regardless, though, uh, I'm a podcast audio engineer and video producer, and I'm ready to just dive deep. All right. Into Let's the basics of launching a podcast. We uh, skip on over to the Big Easy, where uh, one of my favorite shows, Your Honor, is taking place. And um, I assume that um, you're one of the stars of that show, Catherine. But anyway. Oh, yes. (laughs) So hello, everybody. I'm Catherine O'Brien from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'll tell you this. The weather here, the temperature might not be so impressive. It's 54. But it's humid and dank. Dank like my memes, if I can tell you that. (laughs) Good one. Wow. Top that, uh, John. We, we've we've heard the weather, I think, already. So, uh, John, Jag, Gay, uh, maybe give us the sports. Did the Lions make the playoffs this year? Oh, missed <laughs> it by that much. <laughs> they did. They really did. Yeah. I am John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. And my Siri watch is answering my introduction, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> so... I believe in you can create a podcast without a studio. I can create a podcast for you uh, with the comfort of your own home or office without having to go to a big fancy studio and pay fees for it. Very cool. And my name is David Yaz. I am the uh, founder and CEO of the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com. In Boston, Mass., we produce out of our Westwood, Mass. studios or anywhere around the globe, remotely, pod617.com. It's the Boston Podcast Network in Pod We Trust. That's branding. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're just creating a podcast today on the show. The topic is how to start a podcast. And so before we start with some of the stuff that you're probably dying to know, like which which overpriced microphone am I should I not buy on Amazon or stuff like that? Let's start where it all begins with an idea. So if you have an idea for a podcast, we hope you're passionate about it. We hope you've given it some thought. But there are some things, there's some things you should know that you maybe shouldn't do and some directions you should navigate towards. Catherine, let's start with you. What, what should you be thinking about when you get that first germ of an idea or when your annoying friends tell you, you should really have a podcast? What do you <laughs> do then? By the way, has anybody ever said to somebody else, you should start a podcast? Or is everybody just like they're telling themselves, you should start a podcast? They have this hope and this dream of podcasting. That's fine. You don't yeah. let's you can. Sure. Somebody told you to start a podcast. Sure. We'll believe that. Well, hey, if you are wanting to start a podcast, the very first thing that I would suggest, and I'm sure that my podcast super friends would also get in and suggest as well, is if you you really have to have the idea of your show, what your show is and who it is for, really hammered out before you hit that launch button. And the reason for this is 
as David was just saying before we started here, a show about nothing has been done. Seinfeld has <laughs> that booked. You cannot you cannot say your is show about nothing. And also, if you are a show for everybody, then you are really a show for nobody. And those are two sort of adages that we really stick by. So it's great to have a, a concept that is well thought out. And I have a couple of tips for people on how to really make sure that they have a concept together. And the first thing is, uh, you should really probably think about having a podcast mission or a podcast mission statement even. Now, of course, as you podcast, as you do more episodes, that can evolve and change down the line. But if you're able to crystallize the idea down into a couple of sentences, that's going to be really formative and helpful for you to make sure that you, you understand what you're trying to achieve. And it's going to be kind of give you all a lot of direction on how you're going to structure your show, who you're going to talk to what you're going to talk about. So that podcast mission statement seems like it's like a little bit of a cheesy throwaway, but it's actually very helpful. And the second thing I would really recommend that people do in the sort of the concept stage is try to come up with a podcast tagline. Now, I think that podcast taglines are really important because they are a way, just again, that crystallized idea. But if you use a tagline in what you're talking about, it actually is telling the audience a way to describe your show. So like, for example, if I say to, to Johnny, hey, Johnny, what is the uh, PodLogic show about? Helping podcasters become better podcasters. That's a perfect tagline that instantly tells me what that show is about. So that tells me that Johnny has done the homework of like, what is he talking about? And then if I listen to his show, I'm able, if the more I hear that tagline repeated, I'm actually able to use that tagline to describe the show to other people. So it's really about crystallizing your ideas and getting the words, the, the concept from this messy idea into actually actual words that can be articulated. So those are my two right off the bat. If you've got an idea, you're hyped, you're ready to go, get that mission statement and uh, get that tagline together. It's a great exercise to try to put that into a tagline, which can also, by the way, become the first thing you say on the show. Welcome to PodLogic. It's the show where podcasters help others be better podcasters. Uh, Johnny said it better than I did, but, and off you go. If you, if you, somebody asks you what your podcast is about and you say, oh, well, me and my friend are really funny and we cover a lot of ground. You're in trouble. <laughs> Turn, back now. Turn back now. Um, Johnny, let's go to you. Further thoughts on Catherine's thoughts and the concept for a show? Yeah, and I love that the, all five of us are going to be able to chime in on this because we all work with such different levels of clientele. So we've all been involved in dozens and dozens of show launches. And so we all come at it with a different perspective. So the the lens that I view this through is I do a lot of business podcasts, a lot of interview style podcasts. Clients or potential clients will come to me. And one of the first things I ask them off the bat when they want to start a podcast is I say, what's the goal of this show? Why are we doing it? And so not only should like, it, it's sort of a wrinkle within the tagline that you have or your podcast mission statement that Catherine was touching on. You need to have a goal for the show. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people's goals are, I want to have 10,000 downloads. I want to be the next Joe Rogan. Right. I want to be a famous podcaster. It's a fine goal to have. You can have that as your goal, but let's make that your sub goal. Let's let's get to step let's get to step 1 before we get to step 2. We got to crawl before we can run. The first goal that you should have really is something that's tangible. You, we talk about these smart goals, things that are actionable, that are reachable, that are trackable. Um and again, through the lens that I'm looking at it is these business style podcasts and the way that I try to structure, help them think about their goal is, is this going to drive listeners to become customers of your business? Is this going to turn guests into clients? Is this going, to, are we trying to get the audience to do something? Are we trying to get more notoriety for our business? Are we trying to establish ourselves as thought leaders in our industry? Maybe there aren't a lot of podcasts in the industry that we play in and we want to be the first people and really establish ourselves in this sort of media production world. So that's step one is to have your, your, your goal for the show. And then from there, we want to think about what kind of podcast is this going to be? And there's several different iterations and you don't have to stick to one style of podcasting. Do you want to be a solo podcaster where you're going to be uh, think of like the Dr. Andrew Huberman podcast where he just meticulously details and researches out a, a, a topic or an idea and just rants about it for two hours, going over data points, going over studies, 
going off of his own expertise? Or do you want to do an interview style podcast where there's going to be multiple voices? And once you start to flesh out these ideas, you really start to get the vision of this podcast coming together and you go and take the next steps to actually making it a reality. How about um, from the Great White North, Matt? Could you translate all of that into Canadian for our listeners up there? Um, <laughs> no, your your thoughts, Matt, on concept. I usually ask, okay, what does episode one, two, and three sound like? Mm. Because I think that sort of shows that they've thought about what the podcast is about and what it's going to sound like. And then I say, okay, what does episode 10 sound like? Because it has to keep going at some point, right? And so once you get through that thought process, and if, if the answers come back quickly, you know that they thought about it and you know you've got a concept that you can build around. But those first three episodes followed by, you know, what's the 10th episode? What does episode 50 sound like? Mm. So I, I think that's just something to sort of get people thinking about what the concept is all about to make sure that it's aligned. Yeah, that's great. Jag, uh, I'm going to twist the question a little different for you. What if you are a guest-driven podcast? You're going to have terrific guests and do terrific interviews on this podcast. And you've got, I've got three or four people in mind that are going to kick it off with the first few episodes. What advice would you give to that person in terms of planning? Well, I'm going to untwist it, David, because I had a really good point I wanted to make on the previous <laughs> well, point, but I'll, I'll try to tie it back together. So uh, one of my radio mentors who, uh, his name was Ben Hamilton. He was a sociopath. He was a terrible human being, but he really knew radio. And he... <laughs> told us when we were doing a radio show that doing a radio show or in this case a podcast is like driving a NASCAR um, excuse me <clears throat> all you've got to do is do your work in the pit when the right turns green all you've got to do is drive the car so you want to think about your who what when where why who's going to be on your show to your point David is a guest is it solo driven is it just two hosts what's the show about when are you going to record it as in how often where are you going to record it in person virtual from a closet from a studio from your office why 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 to everybody's point that they've made already so far why are you doing this podcast so who what when where why have that in place before you start and then when the light turns green all you've got to do is drive the car and make adjustments as the situation warrants that is so important to just plan it out ahead of time the hardest part is starting a podcast so there are some people out there who will say turn the mic on and go and just whatever you end up with you can do that but your quality is really going to suffer yeah i think the problem is the the podcast that we have fallen in love with the ones that have national acclaim often feature the personalities on the podcast chit-chatting at the very beginning and showing off how well they get along uh the smartless podcast which many people have probably heard of with three actors slash comedians is a great podcast they have great guests and they do a little bit of chit-chat but don't pretend you're them you can't you don't have the audiences of these national stars somewhere down the line you, and throughout your the personality and if you have a co-host that will come out but that can't be the whole show. It can't be, oh, me and my buddies are so funny. We talk about sports and beer and movies. And no, no, that's not <laughs> enough. The, I like to give the example of uh, you should have a podcast, which is a do you know what they do podcast. If you're describing a great podcast to someone, you'll often say, do you know what they do? They go back in time and they find this disease and they research the history of the disease and they tell you how it started. And it's always super interesting. There is a podcast like that. I don't know what it's called and I haven't listened to it, but it's a great idea for a podcast. It's something specific that you can put in a box. And the reason I brought up the thing with guests is the five people on this call, I think will find this pattern very um, familiar. And that is that you, uh, a client of ours comes out with a great idea for a podcast. They book the first three guests. First three episodes are great. And the fourth episode comes along is, oh, I'm going to need an extra week for that one. Do you think it's okay if we skip a week? Okay, but try to get back on track to your regular cadence. Consistency is important. And then another month goes by. Oh, you know what? I couldn't get anybody this whole month. Everyone's uh, uh, Christmas vacation or something. Um, so you should have a plan. And if possible, have a backup plan. If you don't have a guest, is there someone you can bring in as a fill-in? Can you do it up with your co-host without a guest? If that's part of your plan, then good. But if you don't have, and if you, if you are going to go guess, 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 do the simple thing, get a spreadsheet, share the, a Google doc with your co-host and plan and, and really, and book people out as far as you can get ahead of the game. Uh, agreed. Does agreed. the panel agree? Yeah. yeah. Um, One okay. quick tangent on that, David is 
you know, the number one tune-out factor, as far as I'm concerned, for a podcast is bad audio. We'll get to that later. But for me, the number two tune-out factor is endless banter at the beginning of the show and inside <laughs> jokes. And you come on with your co-host and say, hey, I tried a great, a great new breakfast place around the corner. Nobody outside a two-mile radius knows. <laughs> oh, you know, it's freezing cold in, up, in, up north here today. Well, if somebody goes back and listens to this in six months, that's not going to be relevant in July. Which so, is exactly the way we started out this show. I know. <laughs> I know. Do as we do as we say, not as we Physician, do. heal thyself. Yeah, uh, but uh, but most importantly, <laughs> you want to start out strong. Tell me why you're listening to the podcast. You don't have to come out with a massive uh, excitement teaser at the beginning, but tell me what you're going to talk about in that podcast, whether it's with that tagline or with a teaser for what the content's coming up. Take a 10 second clip of something from later, or just tell me in 10 seconds what you're going to cover that day. Tell me why to stick around. We have the attention span of goldfish, and if you don't give right. me a reason at first 10 30 seconds, stick around. I'm on to the next. Yeah, and a lot of it is just framing it. If you say you have a movie review podcast and you say, welcome to uh, the movie show, whatever. That's a great name for a podcast, the movie show. The movie show and this is the podcast where we tell you about three upcoming films. We play a little snippet and we give you the history of the actors involved and we tell you whether or not you should see them. If you say that up front, then maybe you can get away with a little chit chat after that because the audience knows the first review is coming and it better be coming pretty soon, by the way. All right. We, go ahead. Nope. That's all right. Good. Are you sure? No, okay, I will say it. I, no, say it. I'm going to say it. I, <laughs> you know, one thing I, I've thought about many of the issues with launching pod, we're talking to people who are going to launch a podcast now. Some of these things that we've talked about, like the banter and all that, older podcasts can get away with it because podcasting had a novelty. I don't think that the novelty is the same now that it was for Very some true. of these podcasts that they got into a habit of how their shows started or just the all those things with the co-host and whatever. So part maybe maybe the grain of salt that you can take with some of the things that we're saying is that we're trying to talk about launching a podcast now in the present where podcasting is right now. So hopefully that will kind of be a little bit more of the update to some of these these concepts that we're sharing. I think it's very true. You know, depending upon what stat you believe, two million podcasts there now. So now more than ever, have a point as as Steve Martin screamed to John Candy in Planes, Trays, and Automobiles, here's an idea. When you tell a story, have a point. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, we should be so mean-spirited about it, but refine that point, find your niche. Because, by the way, just because your podcast on the internet doesn't mean anyone's going to listen to it. And I mean anyone. I mean, if you put that, we'll get to this in a minute, building audience, but it is hard to build an audience. So yeah. don't start from behind the eight ball with a show that is just murky and why am I listening to this? All right. We... um. Jag, you teased the idea of audio quality. Why don't we start with you on this topic? Because it it is something, it is another thing that can sync your podcast within the first five to seven seconds. And uh, tell us why, Jag, and then give us your surefire advice for microphones and sound quality. True story. I had a potential client that I was speaking to today, and he said, hey, I, I already got a, my hands on a Blue Yeti. I want to get started with the podcast. And I said, the first thing you do with that Blue Yeti is you throw it in the trash. <laughs> uh, and I think... Everybody on this call will agree with me. We've had many conversations ad nauseum about the Blue Yeti, but for anybody listening on the audience who is not familiar with it, the Blue Yeti is the worst marketed, uh, sorry, best marketed, worst product out there. As Johnny, if you're watching the video, is modeling one that looks like it has a layer of dust over it. Um, and we're going to come to this tweet from Matt here in a second. But the Blue Yeti is a condenser microphone, which means it is built to take in all of the sound around you all over the room, including the dog barking outside and the person screaming in the next office. You want to go with a dynamic microphone, which we're all using on this call, which is built to pick up just your voice and less of the background around you. Dynamic microphone, like the Samsung Q2U, is much better. The, what, the reason Matt has pulled up this tweet, we talked about this offline before our call today, uh, there are some folks who would say use a microphone that has an XLR connection, which is that fat little three-pin connection you see with a microphone cord as opposed to a USB. My answer to that, and I'll yeah, defer to the group on this, but... Uh, XLRs are marginally better quality than a USB microphone. 95 plus percent of the population will not notice a difference. Right. Right. If you're just starting out, you can go with the simple cheap USB before you worry about buying more equipment. If you have a budget and you can get a nice fancy XLR microphone, great. A USB will work fine, but just go dynamic and not condenser is my key takeaway. Yeah, yeah we... I, uh, 
I tend to agree with Tessa on this thread a little bit, at least with her first microphone recommendation. If you want to split the difference and you do have the ability, and this is where you, this is part of touching back onto the content side of things is, is this going to be in person or is this going to be a remote style podcast? If you, if you're in the middle somewhere, you go, I might do some in person. I might do some remote. Tessa's recommendation, a, a couple tweets down is the, the sure MV seven. And it's a great sounding microphone that offers both USB and XLR ability. If you can get a microphone that offers both, and again, there are cheaper options, the Samsung QTU, the ATR 2100X that offer both. So uh, if you are going to, you know, thinking about your microphone strategy, that's a great thing to think about is the XLR and USB combo because you can do both. You can go online and you don't have to buy a USB audio interface. You can do both uh, either way. So right. I just want to read the tweet for the um, for the audio audience and the tweet from Tessa says that if you're buying a microphone and are starting out with making content, please stop buying USB microphones, period, especially Yetis. I'm begging of you, please give this a read. And there's a thread. And if you'd like to connect to the tweet, um, I've put it in the show notes of the episode for the for the audio audience. See, um, I would push back on the USB thing as as Jag and, and maybe this whole panel kind of would, because. We're here. If you're really just coming to our to us today and seeking advice on starting a podcast, and you're starting at square one, a USB mic is as uh, I think Jag said perfectly fine. And if you plug in that some of the ones we've mentioned, the I know the Samsung Q2U is uh, Jag. I noticed on sale for fifty five dollars last week on uh, wow. on Amazon. That's there a steal. You go. Yeah, and. You want something to plug plug into your laptop and you connect with someone by Zoom. You can do a perfectly good podcast that way and it will it will sound mostly professional. <laughs> um, if we're if you know we follow the the letter of the law of our screaming uh, Twitter poster there and we absolutely don't want USB, that is a, a step up. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but that requires, as you said, Johnny, buying a a, a different piece either a mixing board, you know, you can, if you really want to go all out and, you know, you just hit the lottery or something and you want to put it into very layman's terms. Like we're just like, you're just going to your absolute basics. I'm going to get this. This is the blue Yeti, by the way, I'm going to get this out of the way. Um, please I, I, I actually zoomed in on you just so we could see is that a yeti <laughs> this, this is the relic of all my sales calls where they say oh i have a mic and i go is it this one <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea anyway so essentially for for the layman uh just we're talking absolute basics you've never started a podcast you have no clue what you're doing when we're talking about xlr versus usb you really only need to buy one extra piece of equipment. There's tons of options out there, but they're essentially called USB audio interfaces. So this is the XLR cable here. It's going to go into another box. That box will then plug into your computer. That's how you are able to use the microphone. It sounds a lot more complicated than what we're talking about, but again, it is more expensive. Think of it as a cable box converter. You're converting XLR to USB. That converter box is generally 100 bucks or less. Um, so if you want to go XLR, you absolutely can. It's a matter of what your price point is. I, if you can, I would tell you if you had an unlimited budget, spend $400 on a Shure SM7B like this one or a uh, Electro Voice RE20 oh. microphone they use at Radio <clears throat> Studios. <laughs> Catherine like that. The, the, the $400 microphone. Or if you want to go middle of the road, $200, $250 for the Shure MV7, like Johnny says. Or if you really are just kind of, you can't commit to a lot of money to this right now because it's a little bit of a hobby and you want to start off for $60 or $55, I think David said, the Samsung Q2U yep. will work as well. XLR will sound a little bit better. It's a matter if you have it in your budget to, you know, it's the law of diminishing returns, I think. And let me just, can I throw in my my one? I am begging everybody, if you have the Blue Yeti, it is a side address microphone. Yes. It is a side. You are not speaking into the end of it. It is a side addressed microphone. This message has been brought to you by Dynamic Podcast producers who are tired of pulling out all the plosives from your podcast. Now, to be clear, I, I admit I've never heard that term before. You mean you're talking into the side of it rather than the yes. top? Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, and that goes for all microphones. Whatever microphone you have, find out. A Google search will tell you, is it side address or is it end address? Talk into the end or the side, and you will sound so much better. And again, yeah. this may sound obvious, but if you have a Blue Yeti, make sure you're talking into the correct side, not the wrong side. I admit, I've I've once gone like a full month talking to the wrong end, and it was a good mic, so it still sounded okay. But one thing I went... 
wait a minute. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's <laughs> a big difference. And just to, just to clarify, if you have a co-host and you want to be in the same room together, oh. which is better, which is certainly better for the chemistry and the energy of the show. Uh, you can't just go, you can't, well, you can probably, but we wouldn't recommend taking we two USB mics and trying to plug them both into the same laptop it, it it's fraught it's with, a technical oh, nightmare with the right. one exception of one company that uh that has i actually just tried that with a client and it actually works it works okay it's uh the Rode nt mini microphone it comes with its own oh, hub that's right. and, and software which i just tried with the client last week and it works but to your point david the you the blue yeti will say you can put this in the middle of the table and have four people around it no you can't well no. you can but it will sound like hot garbage yeah, the great just, the great thing about these microphones here. So what I'm for the people watching and for the people listening, I'm holding up an ATR 2100X here, and this is a Samsung Q2U. They're both XLR and USB microphones. The great thing about these is, what am I doing? I don't need a boom arm for them. I can right. hold them. Okay. That makes them great for going off site. If you're going to be interviewing somebody, or you're going to travel somewhere for the podcast. They're small. They're compatible. They're inexpensive. I can hand you one microphone. You can sit on one end of the couch. I can hold the other microphone and on the other end of the couch, and we can have a great sounding podcast. I'm seeing a lot more podcasts nowadays, especially in the comedy side of podcasts. They've moved away from this whole boom arm setup, which is great to have, not knocking it at all, but they're going super back to basics of just holding it and talking. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we can talk about having all of the great fancy stuff the content is what matters the most, and this is going to get you. This is going to get your content out to the masses just as well as a microphone like this sitting on a boom arm with all the fancy bells and whistles attached to it. So, something to consider. Johnny, yeah. can, you, can you do that again and just say you've you're a great crowd? Uh, where you're from over there? <laughs> so uh, how long have you guys been together? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you've started your pod you've uh, you're about ready to record your first episode how much more do you need to plan do you need to have a bunch of episodes in the can before you even launch should you start with should you book your best guest that you could possibly think of for episode number one um matt would you like to start with that topic so my advice with this if you're after listeners and you want downloads I think the best thing to do is to load it up with three episodes and a trailer. You should always have a trailer, yeah. you know, minute, minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it takes. I mean, the same way like a big movie production comes out, it's a two minute trailer. What is the show about? What can we expect? Having the three episodes there, there's a purpose for it. And the purpose is that when people finish one episode, they'll listen to the next one followed by the next one. They might want to binge it a little bit. The next thing that's really important is that to set the expectation for when these episodes are going to be delivered. So if you're going to go every two weeks, don't wait two weeks after you've launched those first three episodes for the next one. Do it the next week because we want people in the habit. We want to start to create that habit as quickly as possible. The worst thing you can do is do a whole lot of marketing, launch it, put it out there, and then give people time to forget about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they will. They move on to the next thing. Right. And Matt, what do you think about also having episodes? So you have your three that you launch. What about also being ahead of your release schedule? We also we've launched three so that way people can binge it. But I also have the next two scheduled and ready to drop. So I'm now four weeks out before I need to have another one recorded, produced and ready to go. So, yes, I mean, that's always going to be better, especially it will give you time after the first three episodes to say, OK, let's see how this went. What would be our next card to play? It's kind of like playing cards. You know, you like, there's some games out there where you're trying to get rid of your cards. You can decide what the next card is to play and what episode would really suit um, the stream next. I'm a big believer in don't aim for perfection for episode number one. I mean, come out. You, this is your vision. So really have fun with it. Have a great first episode. But as soon as you finish that first episode, you're going to be thinking about things you can do differently. And that's part of the fun is you can change from episode to episode. You, there are certain things you do want to remain consistent on. I'm a big believer in the the intro should doesn't have to remain same for the till the end of time but that familiarity is going to be something it's going to be like vitamins to your audience they're going to keep coming back and taking their vitamins and if you change up their their meds then you know they could get all screwed up. um as long as it's not the orange flintstone vitamin that one was nasty that was yes no, another you, thing that, another thing on like you mentioned david you said um start with our a-list guest like maybe you know we're talking like high person in the industry whatever 
Um, what I usually recommend to clients is start if you're especially if you're doing an interview based podcast, start with the people that you know really well, people that yeah. you're very familiar with that you've had several even tens of dozens of conversations with in the past. No one starting out is this great broadcaster. I say this all the time. No one's born a great broadcaster, save for the one, the top 1% of the 1%. This is something that you have to practice and get better at. And it is so much easier to do your first few episodes of actually having to host a show, guide a conversation, make it interesting, make it informative with someone that you know well versus someone that you're meeting them for the first time and you go, okay. Welcome to the podcast. Like it's <laughs> you, you will, you will eventually tap out on your immediate network of people that would be valuable to the audience that you're trying to create. But by then you will have enough reps behind the microphone to where you that's feel right. comfortable interviewing somebody for the first time talking to them. And Matt's quote that's popping up on the screen for the audio listeners, your first five episodes will suck. Do you want to elaborate on that a little more? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has a vision um, in their mind about what the podcast is going to sound like, and it never turns out that way. <laughs> I mean, I started mine. I, my first five episodes are horrible. And I think even if you do a great job, you're it's going to change. You get to 10, 15, 20, 25. You'll look back at your first five episodes and go, you know what? Compared to what I have now, those suck. Yeah. So it's kind of inevitable that your first five episodes will suck. Was it, a, isn't it Pat Flynn who says, if you listen to your very first podcast and you don't cringe, then you probably did something wrong because you should be embarrassed, you know, at po at episode 100 to, for what it was like in that very first one. And I like to say version one is better than version none. Ah, that's I true. don't have a single client that's gotten episode 10 that looks back and goes, man, episode one was great. Great. <laughs> it's true. You will come up with so many great ideas many of which you'll abandon along the way because you realize they weren't as great as you thought <laughs> i'll give a quick example i do a music podcast called past tens and we we look at the top 10 hits from a given day in the past and then i came up with this little feature i go wouldn't it be fun if we did this thing where we just look at the names of these 10 songs that you know from 1977 or something and we see if they fall into a certain category and we'll call it the hattagory and we'll pull out uh, an idea from the hat. And so we pull out the idea and it'll say slogans for Bernie Sanders presidential campaign. Could these 10 songs be? And then we went down and we, each one was either a hit or a And I thought it was the most clever thing I had ever come up with. I laughed through the whole thing. After uh, about, you know, 50 or so episodes, we had enough listeners where we could poll our audience as to what segments they liked. Dead last. The, the category dead last. No one cared. No, and so you know what it was. I had to say goodbye to my baby, but you you, you got to at some point you're going to develop an audience. At some point you got to listen to them too. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are. A few years after we left our previous jobs, we've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundle, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. This podcast supports Podcasting 2.0. If you like this show or are getting value from it, hit the boost button now. If you don't have a boost button, you can get one now at newpodcastapps.com. So we haven't talked yet about Zoom, StreamYard, which we which we are on right now, Squadcast River. If you're going to use any, any of these online apps, what should you record on? And, 
if if I'm just starting out, do I just open up like I don't know? It looks like my Mac came with GarageBand. Could that work or whatever? What would be your advice, um, Catherine? Let's start with you on that one. Oh, great. Well, you know, one thing I, I, again, I just said version one is better than version none. I'll say that I personally, for my clients, I use Zencaster for the remote recordings. I do, I use a Zoom or a Zoom the device, not Zoom the meeting video conferencing for doing things in person. So it depends, it depends on the circumstance. And uh, I would say that for remote uh like I said, I know I've used Zencaster. Zencaster can be uh, a little, I just, even today I had somebody had a compatibility issue or whatever. I know some other people use other video uh, services for recording their podcasts. I do notice, and this is actually something we have not talked about as a group, is that a lot of our podcast let's just say companies are now trying to be sort of like everything to all people. A lot of our companies are, are trying to put together video recording and audio recording and hosting and uh, distribution and monetizing all in one package. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to be. But for me, in person, I use a Zoom recorder and I use a mixing board to get all, all, all the different voices together. Uh, and then I use Zencaster when I'm doing remote recordings. Is that what you were looking for? Yes. No, that is that is good. But I, I think we also want to speak to the people who don't have mixing boards. So if they, you know, for whatever it's worth, and you guys should chime in, you can record on a number of different pieces of software that just on your computer, the, the Mac comes with GarageBand. There's nothing wrong with recording into that. I mean, you can record using QuickTime, right? But um, I think we would all advise for backups. For example, oh, if yeah. you're... You know, if you're recording on using Zencaster, which is one of these favorite online services, great. Um, record something onto your hard drive as well. I'm probably not describing that very well. To I'll, Jag, I'll hop in here. Yeah, I'll well, hop in yeah. here. I had a um, I had a situation today where I recorded a client, and I used Squadcast. That's my uh, app of choice. And for whatever reason, the file wouldn't generate for one of the guests. Hmm. Fortunately, Squadcast records everything in a cloud backup, so I was able to use the uh, the backup copy from the cloud as opposed to the one that was recorded in session. And I also. I have a mixing board, a roadcaster here in my studio. I also record onto the roadcaster. So for every client podcast that I record, I have up to three versions of every recording because I don't want to be as the service provider, the one that caught my pants down figuratively to say, hey, uh, sorry, we got to do it again. I don't have your audio. So, you know, if there is a way to easily record a backup version for each person, um, we call that a double ender origin before some of these these services came in where you've got each person on each side of a remote conversation recording locally. So they have their own copy. That's going to be the most authentic copy. That said, Squadcast, Riverside, Zencaster, those are the big three. Um, and then Zoom in an absolute pinch. If you have somebody who is just not tech savvy and they only learned Zoom in the pandemic, I say you can use Zoom uh, as a last resort as long as you have your settings right, which is to use original audio and have each guest on a separate track. And why does that setting on Zoom say original audio for musicians now? Have you noticed that? They've updated that so that it says, uh, for, oh. because the idea is they've had people playing music over Zoom, um, again, largely in COVID and, and a little bit since, you know, whether it's a record artist, you know, doing a, a show for a radio station online or something. So that was, they tried to make that more clear because it was original sound on or off. Nobody quite knew what that meant. Right. You want to use that original sound so you have the more authentic sound as opposed to that uh, pixelated uh, Zoomy. Sound. Yeah. That's very classic of a tech company. Oh, you needed this feature in 2020? Here it is in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to kind of simplify everything that we've talked about. So uh, like Jack said, you can you can have like up to three backups of each recording. If we're just talking about very basic double ending, if you're not using one of these uh, platforms that's automatically recording it, but you, or even if you are, but you still want a local recording that you know is going to hold up. QuickTime Player is your absolute best option. On one Mac. of my, one of my, uh, on, on, I believe it's on PC as well. You can download it, um, but it's, you're right. It is majority for Mac. So one of my clients uh, is recording on Riverside, but he also has QuickTime opened up in a very small window in the corner, recording his audio as a backup and. It is a very simple thing to do. All you do is just turn the little volume bar on QuickTime. You'll see it as soon as you pull it up. There's a volume slider. Just turn that all the way down. Make sure your mic input is set. 
hit record, and then do everything you need to do on your other recording platform. And you will always have a reliable backup for you. Can I, can I ask, does everybody who does something in person, like I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm anachronistic here. Like I use the zoom recorder in person. Does everybody use software or are they using an actual recorder? I can touch on this a little more because I'm doing yeah. a ton of in person. I'm doing more in person stuff than I think. I think Jack does some in person stuff as well. David too actually might be able to touch on this better. But for my in person stuff, I have uh, it recording to a mixing board that is also a recorder, the Zoom Live Track L8. That is recording all of the audio. That box needs to be powered somewhere, so I just run that to my Mac. That Mac also has Logic pulled up or which is the paid version of GarageBand and it's recording everything as well so if for whatever reason the box stops recording or whatever reason logic peters out I have another recording happening at the same time but David I think the majority of your stuff is in person yeah so in my studio I do have the well I don't know if it's the Cadillac because on the one hand it is the first mixing board made specifically for podcasters the Roadcaster Plus which which um does it go for 600 bucks these days? Is that about what it is? Down to the five because there's a second seven. version. 100 now, it's insane. Yeah, but they dropped the one to 500 because of that. So get the one. Get it. Yeah. So, on the one hand, it's it's a, a revelation. On the other hand, it's it's also made for dummies. It's very easy to use. So if you do have the budget for that, I recommend it. And I, uh, Jag, you, you told me you did this. I started following you. Instead of using the Roadcaster as a backup, I use it as my primary recording because that way I know everything that's coming into my board is being recorded. And I will use, I admit, I use Zoom because I, I, when I like the ease of scheduling, everybody in the world knows how to use Zoom now. So for, um, especially if it's a guest, that's a, a one-timer, just get on Zoom. That way they're, they're coming into my board um, and then I can clean up the audio later if necessary. I use uh, Descript. It's one we haven't mentioned yet. It is, um, I think we all love it to certain various degrees. It is worth exploring. It is. It, I won't say it's terrifically easy to use, but once you get the hang of it, it is a transcription app, but also an editing app. And you can open the app, you can hit the little microphone icon and start recording anyone who's uh, coming through your board, anyone who's coming through Zoom. And there's a feature on there called Studio Sound. It's so good, I almost don't want to tell everybody about it. Jack, tell me about it first. <laughs> but it, uh, can I, I need to interrupt you there, David, because uh, <clears throat> the Studio Sound, the script is frequently updating that software. And I have had an issue lately where um, they overcompensated for sibilance and they cut off S's. And I've had a number of recordings that I've run through Studio Sound where the S's have dropped off. So for, if you're using a service like that, Please don't set it and forget it. You'll want to check your audio, and you might have to mix and match the original audio and the and the finished audio to not lose any letters. That's a real uh, cautionary thing to let our listeners and viewers know about. It happened to me once too. The someone said to me, "Your guests sounded like they had a lisp. Like, does that person have a lisp or a stutter or something?" And I was like, "No." Uh, and uh, I listened, and I I presume they fixed that, uh, Jag, because yeah, that was unfortunate. There so, is a, there's a second secondary one that I'll mention while we're on the topic, and that is Adobe. Adobe now has Adobe Podcasts, and they have played with it, and the link is podcast.adobe.com, and they have a tool that will enhance your audio as well. Um, and that is a, a tool that I've been using lately, and I'll share that with our listeners as well. So it's uh, podcast.adobe.com. They have some cool tools there. They also have a mic check there as well. If you wanted, if you were setting up a call and weren't sure if you got the right mic selected or you're not close enough too far away, it was a free mic check tool on there at podcast.adobe.com. Adobe, not a sponsor of the podcast. Super friends. If you want to be mentioned again, Adobe, call our people. <laughs> Pronto. Uh, Matt, did you want to chime in on any of this technical stuff or should we move on? Um, to Catherine, yeah, I use a, a Zoom H5 when I record in person. I've actually just loaned it out to a client right now. That's what I'm comfortable with. I tried doing some radio imaging on it. It's not good for that, so don't do that. Um, you know, I, I think any one of those platforms, I think there's a lot of discussion, you know, Squadcast versus Riverside versus Zencaster. Um, Zencaster. You know, they're all great. Um, they're always working to, to better their products. Uh, the only flag I have is when a client says, oh, I'm, I'm going to do them on Zoom. And I said, well, okay, we have to have a talk. And the talk is is that, you know, between a weak internet connection can really sync this. And yes. I haven't really heard a podcast that was done on Zoom that didn't sound like it was recorded on Zoom. Nobody likes to hear that, but I say it anyway. 
I, I, uh, here, are you going to defend uh, this, David? No, well, just, I just I just record. said his, the backbone of his business is built on recording. <laughs> he, he loves Zoom. I don't use the Zoom, the recording that become that the Zoom app actually records. That that is my backup. I but I will use Zoom to connect. And to me, it, if the person and this is maybe a good takeaway from this whole discussion is if you're re- connecting remotely with someone. Half the battle is whatever microphone they have on the other end. If they are just talking, they even have one, right? They're just talking to their computer. I mean, no matter what app you use, it's not going to help. Although I will say that the reason these guys are fighting me on Zoom is uh, Zoom doesn't won't record your guest on their end, and therefore it will be fuzzy to some degree. So I, I, um, you know. I surrender. I don't have a white flag to to listen. People do not listen to the podcast and can pick that out the way I do. I'm the only one. Like I can hear that, but I'm not like most (laughs) listeners. And the real quick tech uh, explanation tech wise for what David is saying is Zoom records it over the internet. These other Zencaster Riverside Squadcast platforms, they record your audio locally and then upload it after it's recorded, which is why is to Matt's point, if you have a weak internet connection and you have a buffering or stuttering, that's going to be taken out in those other platforms it's going right. to stay in zoom right let me let really me go in a little like one of us let me go in a little bit on like what david was saying about zoom as in terms of ease of you ease of use yes he's correct it is much easier for people to just click on a link on zoom but if you really want to go all in you can make your life easier and the life of your guest a lot easier by providing a one sheet uh of what i call for for guest appearances. So let's say that we're setting up a podcast on Riverside. Here's an example of what your one sheet would look like. Link to join, colon. You paste the link for them to join. Here's exactly what you're going to see on Riverside. You're going to see this window pop up that says, please select whether or not you're wearing headphones, parentheses. Please make sure you're wearing headphones. Make sure that you're using Google Chrome only. That is the best platform or that is the best web browser to use Riverside. Please make sure also you have a very strong internet connection. From here, you're going to be prompted to uh, allow your computer to access uh, your camera and your microphone, here's what it'll look like. You can build out the steps to make it as easy as if someone were just clicking on a Zoom link. And everyone may not read that, but as long as you offer that to the guests, you're going to make their life a lot easier to be able to join a lot of these platforms. Like David said, not everyone knows how to just jump on a squad cast like all of us would. Like if I were going to interview Jag, I said, hey, we're going to do it over Riverside. He knows exactly what to do, but make it easy as possible. And you can just Copy and paste that into all of your calendar invites for when you're inviting guests to come on the podcast. It's a good point. And then you could put other stuff in there that like if you have pets, maybe better to leave them in the other room. Things yeah. like that. That small people... room, no windows, turn your room temperature water. Off. Turn your <laughs> yep. phone off. It's cold it's, water you know. will sink you. That's a great point, Catherine. Cold <laughs> water will will freeze up the muscles in your jaw. Don't don't go cold water. Uh Jag, my notes are failing me here, but you were going to talk about movie trailers in some degree, and I'm not sure what that means. I'm sorry. Could you, do you know? I'll, I'll defer to Matt here because he alluded to it, and that is having the movie trailer, the trailer for your podcast. It will serve as a teaser so that you can have uh, a quick sample if somebody's going to commit 30 or 45 minutes to you, but also uh, it, it gives you a taste of what's to come. And also, if you create the trailer, if you create the trailer first, you can go ahead and get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and all that before you do a full episode. Or if you're creating your trailer after you've recorded a couple episodes, you can make it a real trailer trailer and put clips of episodes in there. Uh, little 10, 15 second clips to really give potential listeners a taste of what the show's about. Matt, do you want to pick that up from there? No, because you pretty much just nailed it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that one of the things you can do if you make a trailer is at the same time, make a promo for the show. It can be 30 seconds. Um, Really just a very short version of what the podcast is about, where you can find the podcast, put your website in there and, and you can use it to, you know, as a promo swap down the line. You know, there's going to be some other people that that will say, hey, can, do you have a promo for your show? Maybe we should swap promos. You know, one little hack, by the way, out, out there is like Libsyn has a podcast called The Feed with Elsie Escobar and Rob Walsh. They are looking for show promos. That is free promotion for your show. Take advantage of things like that. What do you recommend in terms of a, a trailer, for, uh, in terms of a call to action? Is there something you need to say during that trailer? By the way, all this advice is great. And that's why I recommend doing an episode or two 
um, in the can before you create the trailer because you can lift audio from those first two episodes that might be gold. Everybody's funny when you take their funniest, you know, 23 seconds of, of in an hour, right? Um, but w- w- what about the call to action? Does anyone want to take that one? Yeah, I usually just suggest to send people to Apple, Spotify, so oh, wherever you find your pods. Right? No, 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 not, not that, you know, because it could be YouTube and some people find their podcasts in funny places. And so um, Tom Webster kind of beat that out of me and got people me to can stop, get... stop saying that. But I think the, the at the very end, whether it's Apple, Spotify, I think the last thing has to be your website. And we should probably talk at some point. You need a website. Yeah. Um, and yeah. don't get too crazy with the calls to actions people go and follow me on twitter and go make yeah. sure you sign up for my email newsletter and make sure you do this don't you give them analysis paralysis they're going to go i have so many things i have to do that i'm going to end up doing none of them so uh, those are the yeah. radio doggy commands yeah. where you give them so many things to do they don't even listen anymore I've actually started to tell clients, we we have one call to action. That's the yes. most effective thing. One, you get one for the whole podcast episode. What is it, it doesn't have to be. Usually. I was going to say forced, forced, no, forced to choose, Catherine. What, what if yeah. someone says, well, I have, I have Twitter, I have Facebook, I have, I have a webpage. What, what should my call to action be? Well, let's go right back to what Johnny said. What is the goal of the show? So like I have clients that their, their list is their biggest asset. So we have a link right in the show notes to get on their email list. We have like a, a lead magnet, which is like a free freebie for that people get for going on the, on the email list. That's a perfect call to action that I find is very effective for a lot of our, my clients. Uh, yeah, it's, it, what is the, what is the goal? And I would say for most businesses, list building is really good going to the website. And then of course, you know, you can always do the, make sure that you are following or subscribe to this, this podcast. Those are all really great things. I say website and everything's on the website. Mm, What's um? Okay. What are your thoughts, Matt, on creating a, a separate website or using a service like PodPage or something like that? Yes. <laughs> and listen, I only say that because I'm just happy somebody actually does a website because a lot of people will just you know refer to the host uh, website or you know where your podcast host is, like the Anchor site or the Libsyn site, and say, "Oh, there, no, there's my website." Um, PodPage, I like. Um, there is going to be some people who know Google and SEO well enough to know that it's pod page, which populates the show from the RSS feed, probably doesn't get the proper hits um, mm. in the search traffic that it does. There's a little bit of argument about that. I know the people who make pod page would argue against it. And I know some other people would say no, but I'm all for an organic website that you create yourself. You should have blog posts for each episode. So each episode gets its own page. You should have a player up there as well as, you know, your full description to uh, let Google know, hey, we had and Taylor Swift. On our, yeah, we had Taylor Swift on our podcast. Did you really? Well, yeah. Let's, well, say, I let's mean, say for, you know, I, I know you mentioned transcript and yes, listen, a transcript is nice. But when, when you're starting out and wanting to launch a podcast, you know, the website doesn't have to be the first thing. It doesn't have to be in the first batch of things we need to do. The transcript doesn't have to be in the first bunch of things we need to do. Or else we'll really get bogged down because I think we're trying to focus on a launch. And when we're, yeah. when we're focusing right. on a launch, there's sort of a part A and part B. And sometimes, I think, okay, we'll worry about the website next, right? Some people, we can do it beforehand. But, you know, we'll worry about the transcription a little bit later. Can I plug something really quick? Go for it. There is a web, there is a podcast hosting site called Co-Host. And within Co-Host, they offer you a custom podcast website that will be made for you. And it's very similar to PodPage. You can add your Twitter account to it. You can add your YouTube page to it. But it will populate all of your episodes as they go live. And we're talking about launching the podcast, like Matt says. You may not be like, all right, well, okay, so you're telling me I got to launch a podcast. Now I got to go learn how to do WordPress and embed my player and transcript and all that stuff. Right. You can start with something very simple like that. And essentially what Matt is saying is like, you just want to send, you're, you want to send somebody Somewhere. Somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, as long as they can find your pod. And that's why we haven't mentioned the extremely basic thing, which is choosing a platform. It's the first thing you need to do. And that is on a site like Libsyn, Buzzsprout, or Simplecast. Jack, did you have something you wanted to mention about? Uh, no, I, I was just going to say I, I use Simplecast for my clients. Full disclosure, I'm a referral partner of theirs. I know everybody in this call, I think, uses uh, different hosting platforms, which if everybody want to go around the horn, maybe, and, and and say which ones they use. But personally, I've been with Simplecast for a while, and I like them. I, I use a service called Adori. They're small, lean, nimble, and innovative 
that's I guess that's all I have to say about Adori. <laughs> uh, I use Lib- Libsyn. Yep. yep. I'm on Libsyn, Transistor, and Co-host. I'm on Art19 and Megaphone. Both of them have dynamic audio insertion, uh, which is why I use them. Uh, nobody here mentioned Buzzsprout, which is incredibly popular. Thought I did. Um, Ca- oh, Captivate is another one that's that's very good. I, and I think I think we would all agree that a lot of them are very good. Um, the outlier would be Anchor, which is free. Um, and I want to like, listen. I, nobody nobody dislikes Anchor more than me. But let me say one thing about it, that if you do you know, want to start your podcast there, that's fine. At some point, you'll because you, you can move it. If you don't like your podcast host, these, you can move it to another yep. podcast host. Without having to start over. Yeah, right, exactly. Sure. And you can, keep, you can keep your followers. So you can just redirect the podcast. If you don't like your podcast host after your first start, no problem. It's not a failure to launch and you don't have to start over. You can just move it to another host. Right, which is... Can be a little tricky, but it if when it works well, it works. Ask well. one of us if you need to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> um, I've had ones where I've had to move and then move it back t- to the previous platform. Try doing that and th- then trying to figure out where the hell the podcast is. Um, so we are up against the clock here, but I suppose uh, uh, maybe just one random question, just uh, 90 seconds on this. You, you There's two. no time limit. Who has to be anywhere? <laughs> It's a podcast. I, we can go as I've long as we want. Do we have, I uh, allegedly have a life, but um, <laughs> should you be on YouTube? Because I think two years ago, if we had had this, we would have said, don't bother. And now I think our answers might be very different. Quickly, do we want to talk about that? Anyone want to talk about YouTube? The answer should be a resounding yes. It doesn't yes. matter. You do, Now, we're not saying that you need to go buy a multi-camera setup and learn how to do video production. We're not saying just because you're starting a podcast, you now have to become a camera star. Uh, you can do audio only for YouTube. The simple fact that a lot of people may want to ignore right now is that YouTube is huge for podcast consumption there. And it doesn't but screw the idea that whether it's a podcast or not, the show is being consumed on YouTube at a growing clip and it's going to keep growing as time goes on. So by saying, Oh, well, it's not a podcast, so it doesn't need to be on YouTube. You're just shooting yourself in the foot, whether it's for the discovery, the potential audience, or simply the SEO. You show ne- your show slash podcast needs to be on YouTube. Video is a whole different animal. People enjoy watching the video of podcasts. I don't know what it is. People like to see people talking into microphones, but video podcast consumption is very much a popular thing. So it's something to consider. I always recommend to clients, let's nail down the audio side first. And then if you're really, really committed to doing this, let's move into video. Yeah. And what we're talking about is you can just have a static image of the logo of your pod and have it on YouTube. And that is far better than not being on YouTube at all. In fact, I'll shout out to the, the platform that I use, Adori, has a function where you could do that with a single click. You click and it, and it uploads to your whatever YouTube channel you're signed into. I imagine a lot of these other platforms will start to feature that as well. I have uh, I use Headliner to create small social clips from the audio that have the transcripts of the words light up as the people are talking. Yeah. And I have and I have for a couple of my clients set up an auto post to YouTube. When I hit publish uh, or a schedule post to go up, my podcasts always publish at six a.m. weekdays, and then by seven or eight, it's on their YouTube channel just automatically with uh, no muss, no fuss. And remember, Google owns YouTube. How many times have you Googled how to do something and you get thirty YouTube videos in your search results? That's why it's so big. People, yeah. you want people to find stuff based on what they're Googling, they want your show to come up. YouTube's the best way. Plus, I think right now we're at a sea change moment. I, I put out a tweet and we talked about it with the with my super friends here about I went to a meeting with a bunch of marketers who knew they know podcasting, they know what's happening in media. And all of the young professionals said, I listen to my podcasts on YouTube. And I just kind of filed a, in, in my mind and I thought, I bet I'm going to be reflecting back on this moment a lot in the future. Yeah, I keep hearing that as well. And I keep wanting to ask why, but it, you know, it's not for me to say people are consuming it on YouTube. David, I'll tell you why. They're, yeah. I'll- I'll tell you why. Okay. Because it is much harder to get somebody onto a new app that they're not used to being on. Correct. Everybody and their mother is used to being on YouTube at this point, whether it's the web or the app. It's a lot easier to fish where the fish are. And and, and for folks who haven't migrated over to Apple or Spotify or one of the others, be, be where they are. Meet them where they are. Okay, so I have a question for Catherine. 
So for those people that you spoke to, the young professionals who say they consume their podcasts on YouTube, do yes. they have like the YouTube premium where you pay the money and then you can shut down the the the, the, the video and then listen? Like, that is through the power of my investigation. That's yeah. what I determined. Because I don't know, see too many people going, excuse me, I'm just I'm just listening to a podcast right here. You know, but like, yeah, no, it's, it's, to me, it's more, it makes sense that they find the podcast through YouTube. And then if, if they're, you know, sitting on the couch with their iPad, sure, maybe they continue to listen to the podcast on YouTube. But I, I don't know. Uh, there are of uh, millions of people, zillions of people who listen in their car or at the gym. And I just think it's not that easy to listen on YouTube. But again, I'm pro YouTube. Get get on there one way or the other. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this. I think what has happened is we went through the we went through the cord cutting phase. So people dropped cable and then now we have streaming services and then people realized, wait a minute, I'm I'm paying for, for 10 different streaming sort of services. This is far more than anything I was ever doing with cable. And so now I believe also just with economics is, you know, the cl climate is people are coming, cutting back. So they're, they're trying to drop the extraneous services. So if they get a YouTube premium, because they can get shows there, they can get different things there. They, they are making a choice. They're making their pick and YouTube just has more than some of these other services. Well, and think about how much more the visual aspect of of content consumption is being added into these podcasts. Like, David, imagine if your show was on YouTube and instead of playing the 10 or 15 seconds of music for that show, you're pulling up a video alongside your heads of the live concert from 1972 yep. of whatever band was popular at that time. I wasn't even even remotely close to being alive at that point. <laughs> but calm, the, calm like, down Johnny but you'll see but you'll see <laughs> like old guy. Come on. you'll see like uh you'll see people pulling up memes on their podcast they have video drops to have inside jokes on their podcast yeah. they're pulling up a dozen different things that add the visual components of the podcast that sort of isn't as enjoyable to be consumed when it's audio only and so that is a, another kind of wrinkle in this whole YouTube era that things are moving into and I, I mean even some shows that i watch on youtube they they treat the audio only as like a well hey here's a little lanyap for you just a little if for those who you know that yeah. they they view the youtube thing as the main and it's like oh i guess we'll offer this extra piece for you uh if you're just listening audio only plus i i think that we remember the way you consume YouTube is not necessarily how everybody else is consuming YouTube is that there's plenty of people who have YouTube just running in the background the same way we might have an audio podcast yeah. running in the background. Um, yeah, the, it, it's not, it maybe isn't the focus. Plus like Johnny was saying, I, I think we might be underestimated because we come from podcasting 1.0 is that we, we might be thinking, people enjoy even just seeing the face or just it, these, the, some of the podcasts that are very popular with their podcasts on YouTube. It's not some huge production. It really is just, talking uh, heads. It, it's yeah. talking heads and they're fine with it. it. It's back because it's people are being engaged by what they're, what they're talking about. That's right. And for those that don't speak Creole or live in new Orleans, Lanyap means a little something, a little extra. A little extra. Yeah. So the yeah. audio is just a little extra. It's just it's <laughs> right. not the main. It's not the main dish. It's the extra. It's a great. It's a great word. I used to use it all the time, but not everybody knows what it means. Uh, I guess we should wrap up. Uh, do we want to go around the horn and remind people where to find us? Uh, Wait, no can, we, can we touch on? Can we touch on two things quickly that we didn't hit on that are key to the podcast launch? Cover yes. art music. Uh, you oh, need yeah. licensed music. You can't pull your favorite song from Spotify to use uh, as your podcast music. So I would re everyone here uses different stuff. I would recommend premiumbeat.com for okay. your uh, for your music. You can buy a song for like 50 bucks and it's yours to use for uh, for your podcast. And then cover art, Fiverr, Upwork, freelancing websites that and search for podcast cover art creation. That's where I, I have one guy that I send all of my clients to and he does a great job. Or you can use things like Canva if you're if you're versed in Illustrator or Photoshop, you can use those as well. But those are things that you have to consider as well that we didn't touch on. For music, I would recommend Megatracks.com. I have a relationship with them. Uh, for artwork, a reminder: there are some specs you'll have to follow. Three thousand by three thousand, all the way down to fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. Um, do not put 
the Apple logo in the artwork <laughs> or you will not be approved by Apple because you're not approved to use that. And good point. And yep. don't put a microphone in your camera. Oh, your art. yeah. Can we can we stop that, please? No microphone. No microphones in artwork. Well, how will they know it's a podcast? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, do we say goodbye in any fashion here, or should should we remind people where to f- find us? I'm uh, Dave in Boston. Pod six one seven dot com. Matt Cundles, Sound Off dot network. Follow me on Twitter at Johnny Podcasts. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien, and I'm Branch Out Programs is my company, and you can follow me on Twitter, too. Hello, Catherine O. John Gay, Jag in Detroit Podcasts, jagindetroit.com, or any social media, Jag in Detroit. And just remember, we know your, your podcast is going to be super, and we want you to be our friend. So join us next time <laughs> with the podcast Super Friends. We now return to our lair in the Hall of Justice, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast Super Friends. For a transcript of the show or to connect with the Super Friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the Soundoff Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.